watch Tim wishes you good luck and Godspeed. Space monkeys blasting off on Datsama governance, treasuries, and direction with Raul Romanuti, the counselor with the most backing on Polkadot and the fifth most on Kusama. He takes the development of our networks seriously, dedicating his time to treasury management, governance participation, and all around just being an extremely supportive force for good. Raul, welcome to the show. Good morning for you. It's uh, fantastic to have you in here. We've been trying to get you in for a while. I can't wait to unpack your perspective on how everything is going. I recently saw online that you finished a master's degree of economics and political science, quite fitting for the work you're doing today. Wondering where the interest in that subject comes from. So yeah, my master's is actually in international relations and um, my bachelor's is in political science. And um, I mean, with a big focus on, on political philosophy more than anything. Um, okay. So, I mean, you know, when you're 18 year old, when you when you're an 18 year old, uh, you have a pretty idealistic vision of the world is and what's supposed to be and how you want to help and where you want to work. And I thought yes. that um, at that moment, I was very interested in in, in an academia. Um, profile and profession, so to say. And I thought that social sciences and I was always very interested in philosophy, especially in, in, in the political um, realm of philosophy. And I thought it was uh, quite fitting for me and I enjoyed quite a lot. And I chose international relations because when I finished my bachelor's, um, really wanted to work in the nonprofit uh, sector, uh, especially in international okay. organizations. And that's mm -hmm. how I got interested in, uh, in international relations. And my focus on my master's was in uh, financial markets. And so I, mm -hmm. I became very interested in, in what Bitcoin could do, um, especially after uh, you know, after seeing the crisis of, of 2008, but also because yeah. I'm a child of the 2001 Argentinian crisis, where uh, oh. people, I'm, I come from Argentina, and so where people saw their funds in the bank being locked, not being able to manage them themselves, not being able to take them out. And so for right. me, Bitcoin was like an answer to that right in the beginning. And that's how I got interested into blockchain. But um, my work experience in blockchain started only in 2014, end of 2014, okay. uh, when I applied for a position as executive assistant to Gav, to Gavin Wood, when he was the CTO at Ethereum Foundation. So Gavin Wood was looking for an executive assistant, and this was your very first job in crypto whatsoever? This was my very first job in crypto. Um, I was following Bitcoin already for a while and I started following Ethereum um, and what they wanted to do. And when I saw the job opening, I just applied because it was it was pretty fitting because I was moving to Berlin and um, yeah. they were opening the office in Berlin. So that's how everything got started for me in crypto. What was it like working with Gav in those days? It was great. Um, yeah. I mean, working with everyone there at that moment, everything was so up in the air and, and, uh, 
everything was mostly theoretical, you know. Um, yeah. It was even before the Genesis block in Ethereum. So right. um, I didn't understand right. much of what they were <laughs> what they were discussing back then. And it took me a while to fully wow. understand the implications of it. Um, yeah. But it was definitely a lot of fun, a lot, a lot of... Uh, a lot of free minds and a, a very free environment for work. And uh, Gab always, uh, I always remember Gab on those days, the one who really gave me the opportunity to, to enter this world that was really unknown for me. Wow. Okay, so what can you tell us about the transition from, you know, pre-Ethereum Genesis block to the development of Parity technologies and what we're all using today? I mean, Parity, Parity is born as, as an organization that was working on one of Ethereum clients, right, to diversify the ecosystem a bit. Um, and I think all of the developers and, and the lead teams that were working at Parity at the moment were always wondering and, and thinking about the limitations of the technology stack as we had it back then. And so yeah. that was one of the big forces that, that, um, that influenced in the creation of Polkadot, right? Um, especially in terms of security and scalability and interoperability. Um, right. So from, I think from 2015, end of 2015 to 2017, so to say, or end of 16, uh, Parity okay. was very much focused on the Ethereum ecosystem. And okay. when the Polkadot vision became a reality, uh, they focused uh, their efforts on building this particular um, network that would try and tackle the limitations of what we knew back then. It was definitely felt like a revolution. <laughs> as you're watching this vision develop, the concept of governance is entering. And as you said, this has always been a passion for you. So how did you get involved in the governance structures of Kusama? And how did you see it evolve from its initial inception to where it is today? Actually, my my work as a coordinator, so to say, right? Like as a community manager, you could say, because my main role yes. in the governance side of things is to try and distribute information so token holders can vote in the right way, uh, in, right. The, in, the, in an informed way um, about what's being proposed. But I yeah. only started working on the governance side of things uh, in the last two years and a half. I would say, and then I became okay. like in, in this time I became a council member and so on and so on. Um, originally, when I was working at Parity, I was working on the operation side of things. So I was taking care of all of the admin staff and accounting and HR and, uh, and streamlining the legal side of things and so on. Um, wow. Okay. And only when Gav kind of like presented to me the, the vision of governance and why governance, on-chain governance was needed. It's yeah. that I, I became really, really interested in this. And I started remembering all of this uh, governance model that models that I was uh, studying in the past during my bachelor's and during my master's program. And, yeah. um, and that's how I originally got involved and I started studying. It was definitely a very, very steep learning curve for me because I don't have a technical background. Um, and so that's how I that's how I became aware of the potential power of uh, on-chain governance, especially in Polkadot and Kusama, 
right? I mean, it is, it is a pity that a lot of people still don't realize that in their hands is the power to change the network the way they want it to. Yeah. And that's what governance allows you to, to do on Kusama and Polkadot. But at the same time, if you have the right to change the network, if you have the right to propose changes in the network, it also comes with a lot of responsibility. And so there are a lot of instruments in the on-chain governance system uh, that currently exist on Kusama and Polkadot that allows us to make token holders accountable for what they vote for, for what they submit, for what they discuss. And that's really sure. interesting. It's a really interesting check and balance system, I think. Um, but I only became a council member about two years ago, or first on Kusama and then on Polkadot. Okay. I have to say that Kusama Network uh, really holds a very important place in my heart. It's, it's secretly yeah. my, my favorite one, <laughs> uh, but only <laughs> because it's so much more exciting, right? It, everything is yes, four times yes. faster and there's more, yep. more, much more experimentation. And yeah. when I joined as a council member, there was not really a structural way of, okay, how do we submit this type of proposals and how do we use the treasury mm. and how do we streamline mm. this process, you know? And so wow. I took it upon me to kind of like try and lay out some processes for the community to be able to not only know how to do things on the governance side, but also to yep. make it, to make it scale up once with, once the community would grow. So this is what I've been doing in the last two, two and a half years. So if you see, for example, the four general steps for treasury proposals, which you are yeah. aware of, or if you see, for example, how, um, how, we, how we set up runtime upgrades, how do, how do we distribute the, the information for the community, how we ask mm -hmm. the community to include the contextual information in forums like Polk Assembly or Bright Treasury, and why is it so important and why it's not included on chain. All of these guidelines, processes, and steps is what we've been working on in the last two years and a half, so to say. And this contribution to the Kusama network, uh, once you went for a council seat on Polkadot, I mean, obviously the community recognized what you were doing uh, because now you're the, the most backed counselor on Polkadot. I, I actually didn't know that. <laughs> I was, I was really? really, no, I didn't, I didn't, I never, I've never, it's been a while since I don't check the setup. I only check on the last ones because then I need to try and contact the last ones in the list. They're aware okay. of, of what the steps and the processes are. I know I was pretty yeah, okay. far up, but I didn't know I was the most fact. That's really nice to hear. I mean, of yeah. course, my contributions and my work, you know, they are not perfect and they need a lot of improvement. Sure. But um, but we've uh, I've tried we've tried our best to to provide the, the community what they need on a day to day basis. Yeah. So what does a day in the life of Raul look like? On a daily basis, I interact with many different type of stakeholders on both networks. Okay. I talk to mm. parachains team, I talk to core developers, I talk to teams that want to uh, propose treasury, submit treasury proposals, or with teams that want to submit changes uh, to the configurations of the network. And I try to guide them and give them guidelines and answer questions regarding what's the best way to do this, what we need in the contextual information, how they should announce it, how they should lobby for these particular proposals, um, sure. what type of information the community is um, is requiring from them, uh, how to submit images or pre-images that will allow them to 
if approved for the proposal to be enacted successfully. So that's basically right. what my day to day looks like. I have a lot of calls and my team has a lot of calls on a daily basis. Uh, I would say that out of 100% of my day, 60% is um, occupied by uh, teams uh, that want to submit treasury proposals, either be a spending proposal or a bounty or a tip and how to do that. And then the rest is divided between uh, configuration uh, changes in the, in, the, in the configurations of the network or the work for the next runtime um, upgrade. Um, the discussion over, for example, um, uh, auctions, slot auctions, uh, issues that parachains might have that need to be solved by the governance of the relay chain and so on. So everything happens on chain. You will see me yep. a lot in the direction channels pushing for discussions and asking questions yes. or answering questions and whatnot, but also using a lot of the forums that we have in order to provide the information. Um, and make sure that we can keep up with the with the amount of treasury submissions uh most of all that we have from teams interested in starting building or keep building in the Lotama ecosystem what do you think the general role of the council is on the polka and kusama networks the council is defined as the representative of passive stakeholders right so in that sense mm. they they are entitled to initiate legislation or initiate proposals um, when it comes to changing network configurations or submitting a treasury proposal or a runtime upgrade and whatnot. The particularity of the council is that for the majority of the, of the proposals or legislation that we initiate from council, from council queue, they cannot be um, enacted successfully yeah. without the participation of the community. Meaning that a console alone for majority of calls could not really enact a runtime upgrade, for example, right? We need the community to vote on this as well. And so we have two types of motions, so to say, two type of proposals uh, on, on both consoles. One is a normal motion, which means that it's a proposal that the console has the privilege to vote and enact successfully. And because, for example, the council is the, the representative of passive stakeholders, then it's also the guardian of the treasury, yeah. right? And so, for example, any treasury proposals are open as a normal motion, so to say, mm -hmm. which only council votes on. But majority of other calls, so for example, a runtime upgrade, are open as external motions. And these external motions um, are motions that are voted by the council, but that after being voted and approved by the council, they need to be voted by the community. Right. So whenever you see a runtime upgrade proposal, you will see that council initiates, as I say, we initiate the legislation. And then once it's voted, it's not done. The community needs to approve as well. So we only initiate this. And the effect that this has on a proposal that passes through council to the community to vote is that the majority require for um, approval changes, right. right? It goes from a positive majority bias, as you might know, in which you need absolute majority if you would submit it as, as a public proposal to a simple majority bias. And this has to do with the fact that we interpret the council as the representative of passive stakeholders. Right. But in general, council is only one of the collectives, one of three collectives. Mm in the in the Polkadot and Kusama ecosystem. 
and one of two that can actually open any type of legislation, mm -hmm. but majority of them we can only initiate. So we need the community to discuss and vote on most of them in order to, to approve successfully, for example, a runtime upgrade. Of course, the community also has the power to submit a treasury proposal without the participation of the council. A token holder could freely um, submit a public proposal that is a treasury spending proposal. And if the community approves, then uh, the proposal is, would be successful. The funds would be transferred from treasury to the beneficiary in a successful way. But we see the council as an initiator of legislation because in general it is composed by more or less technical people or developers that have been working in the Dotsama ecosystem for a very long time. Yeah. And uh, they, they understand the, the mid and long term needs of an ecosystem like this one. The weight of the support from token holders needed, that depends on how... That depends on the origin of the proposal. If a proposal is um, initiated as a public proposal, mm -hmm. which means you go to the democracy module and you submit a public proposal that first gets endorsement and then it passes to vote in referenda queue, mm -hmm. then this proposal is tallied with a positive majority bias. And that means that you need an absolute majority approval in order to um, approve this particular submission. But as the turnout, so as the amount of voters increases, then the number of yes needed, the threshold for A, it's less. But if the council initiates mm -hmm. this proposal and then it passes to the community to vote, mm -hmm. then this proposal in general is voted with a simple majority carries, which means that it is a bit easier to pass a proposal that has already been approved by the council. And the reason for that is because the council is considered a representative of the passive stakeholders. So they represent majority of those who do not participate in governance. Isn't the bias also determined by how much in agreement the council is as well? Correct. Yeah, correct. So if the council pass this, passes this unanimously, then it will be easier to pass a future referendum than if it passes as a majority. Right. Um, as a two-third majority. But we've never had, I don't, I don't remember, I don't recall any situation in which we've had a, a unanimous vote. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then as far as treasury management goes, only the council can vote to release funds from the treasury. No. So the council is the one doing the job now, mm -hmm. right? But if you could go to democracy module and submit a public proposal in which you aim to request from Treasury a particular allocation from Treasury, yeah. and this is approved by the community as a public proposal, it, will, it would also be enacted successfully. Oh, wow. Never thought about that. So you could submit yeah. a referenda to move funds from the Treasury to any account, and that could be up for public vote. Correct. So like, it's not an exclusive role of the council, mm. but um, there is like two parallels collectives that can do that. Okay. One is democracy module, the other one is council. In this case, given the amount of teams requesting funds and whatnot, yeah. we streamlined this process for the council to take uh, on this responsibility. Have you ever had a public proposal to spend treasury funds like that go through? I think we've had public proposals for treasury spending, uh, but Unfortunately, the token holder who submitted the um, proposal forgot to add the 
contextual information ah, to the forum. Very and important. So we were, yeah, yeah, correct. <laughs> so we were never sure if this was a, a malicious action or or just someone testing something yeah. or they really forgot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about the treasury. How do you see the treasury and how do you see your responsibilities for managing those funds? Originally, the idea of the treasury was to, to fund public infrastructure, sure. right? So we're talking about projects that are essential for the networks to exist mm -hmm. and to survive, but that do not have a profit model or a business model behind them, right? right. So we're talking about open source explorers, we're talking about um, open source wallet development and integration and so on and so on. Yeah. But as the networks evolved, um, new categories started to appear new categories that were very interesting for the community and were also needed for, for the Tama ecosystem to grow and to flourish. And we're talking here about when we had the first uh, pirate chains, we added the category of cross-chain applications development, mm. uh, but we also had the category of like hackathon funding, uh, conferences funding, meetups and whatnot, educational materials, courses, uh, and also the more traditional ones like pallet development, like substrate pallet development. Sure. And we still have the public infrastructure there. This treasury, can you tell us a little bit about how it grows? The treasury is funded via staking inefficiencies, slashes, and transaction fees. Those are the three funding resources from the treasury. So that's also why we think of the treasury as community funds. Mm -hmm. These are funds that belong to the community, you know, um, and that's why governance has the role to manage these funds. Um, and since token holders are the ones that fund the treasury by using the network, right. this is the way that we redistribute these funds into the community itself so they can develop the projects they want to develop. And there's also a mechanism that if it's not managed and spent in I don't know if it's based on, on block time or what it is, but a certain portion of the treasury gets burned every spending period. Yeah, that's correct. So if by this particular block, this was not spent, it's burned. Yeah. I think at the moment on the Kusama treasury has a 0.2% per period uh, burn, Yeah. which means that in each spend period, which is seven days, mm -hmm. if the funds that are up for distribution were not distributed, 0.2% of those funds will be burned. Yeah, about a thousand Kusama every week right now. I think something like that. You can check the number on Polkadot JS apps on the treasury tab particularly. Mm -hmm. And for Polkadot, it works the same way. The difference is that the treasury burn instead of 0.2 is 0.1%. And the spend period, instead of being seven days, is 28 days. Sorry, 24 days. Hmm. So as you can see, um, in terms of time, so to say, Polkadot is four times lower than Kusama. And the treasury burn percentage is decided also via governance. Hmm. So also via democracy. Any token holder can actually submit a proposal to change the treasury burn percentage if wanted. And the reason why this exists is solely as a way to put pressure on the community yeah. to spend the funds. I read somewhere that on Kusama, the burn tokens, they're, they're not actually burned. Can, can you uh, tell us a bit about that? No, I, I, th I, th 
My understanding is they are burned. Oh. Well, Uncle Sam. Uncle, well, Uncle Sam. Yeah. Un oh, yeah. Okay. So you're correct. So okay. <laughs> the the zero the zero point two percent is burned. However, a very small fraction of that burn, yeah. instead of of that treasury percentage, if that instead of being burned, goes to the Kappa Sigma Mu Society. Mm -hmm. The Kappa Sigma Mu Society is an on-chain experiment that only exists on Kusama. It doesn't exist on Polkadot. And it's basically a club, so to say, right? But it's also an economic game. Society has its own pot, so to say, or its own, its own treasury. Yeah. And the economic game is trying to bid what would be the ideal uh, value of a new member for each period. So what a candidate or a bidder that wants to join the society does is they go to Polkadot.js apps, make a bid on how much they think it's their, their membership is valued. Okay. So let's say I bid, I bid, I don't know, my membership is valued one Kusama, right? Okay. And then I compete with my bid or my bid competes with all of the other bidders and only the lowest bidder goes into the next period as a candidate. Okay. And then in order to, in order to become a member, you need to show a POI, what we call a proof of ink, which is basically a tattoo, uh -huh. right? And this tattoo has a reference to the Kusama network, which can be the canary, it can be the name, it can be the Genesis hash. Uh -huh. And the second element of the POI is the head, the current head of the society. So the current head of the society changes by period and it's the last member that joins. So basically, oh. what we're building, so to say, okay. is, a, is, a, is a human blockchain, a human chain of people, right? Uh -huh. And the and the part from where um, the funds come to pay out for these rewards, if you're successful in becoming a member, because then the, the members vote. Yes. The 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 one time off reward comes from that part that is funded via the treasury burn. And just to clarify, the person who joins the club is the person who bid the lowest on what their value is. Correct. Okay. So let's say you let's see let's say you and I are are both bidders, yeah. right? And you bid on this rotation period, you bid two kusama, and I bid one. Uh -huh. Probably I'll be the ne I'll be the next candidate. Okay. And then I have a week to show to show uh, proof of ink. Okay. And then you're rewarded from those burned fees from the kusama treasury, but everything else is burnt forever. Correct. Ah, Correct. interesting. Okay, thank you. So we understand how some funds get burned when they're not being used, but why don't we talk about some ways that we can actually utilize these funds? I think there's three methods, tipping, spending proposals, and bounties. Why don't we start off? Maybe you can tell us about the tipping function. The tipping function, it's a mechanism the governance has on both Kusama and Polkadot to reward contributions that bring value to the network, right? right? In general, these contributions have already been completed and it's a one-off or one every few weeks or every few days in order to recognize particular contributions um, from the community side. And here we're talking about absolutely anything that can bring added value to the network. We're talking about translations, we're talking about 
um, video tutorials, news content. I mean, you started um, doing your your channel with with the tipping mechanism. That's right? right. But we also have like contributions on the repos, on Substrate, on Kusama, on Polkadot, opening issues on GitHub. This mechanism helps community members recognize contributions that add value to the network. But the interesting part of it is that anyone, any token holder can open a, a tip yeah. to recognize the work of certain community members. And the way it works is you open a tip and you pay a small transaction fee on Kusama and Polkadot for opening that tip. And then council members, since they are <clears throat> the guardians of the treasury, so to say, because they represent passive token holders and everything we talked about before, yeah. they have the right to kind of endorse or vote on these tips, right? Right. And so the particularity of it is that each council member can decide on how much they would like this person to get for the contribution they made. So all councils members can have different uh, endorsement, different endorsement values, so to say. When the tip reaches majority, which in Kusama is 10 endorsements and on Polkadot is seven, what happens is the network will calculate the median of all endorsements and then transfer the medium, which is the value in tokens, from the treasury to the beneficiary account. But what is also interesting is that the person who discovered this contribution or the person who opened the tip yeah. uh, for the contribution also gets some sort of uh, reward for um, having discovered this contribution, right? So a small percentage of the tip will go to the person who opened the particular tip after the, the tip is closed. So it's very interesting because it allows community members to recognize everyone in the community either with translations or contributions to the repo or opening issues or video tutorials or education or moderation yeah. in the channels and so this is really interesting because it allows a much more direct participation from the entire community and also you get rewarded for it yeah and it's a much more fluid interface with the treasury as well like in my experience as you said uh, this channel started on the tipping function there somebody brought videos to you and the rest of the counselors and and you gave it a tip which is like just a phenomenal feeling yeah uh, but it really allowed me and would allow anybody else to, you know, to start to build a rapport and start to build a proof of work and start to build a relationship with the protocols and the treasury themselves. It's it's just a great starting place for anybody who wants to begin contributing. And just as a note, and for the sake of transparency, yeah. right, if you open a tip, you will get a small part of the reward as a rec as a recognition for discovering this contribution. Yeah. But if a console member opens a tip, it's a different call. The network recognizes that the address is a console member. Yep. And so console members will not get any part of the reward from the beneficiary address. Okay, so so that's the tipping function. So some treasury funds come out through the tip. So Correct. what can you tell us about the spending proposals and how are those different? Spending proposals are kind of like the original idea, right? And it works as a grants program, right? so to say. So the difference with tip is that um, spending proposals are um, an allocation that it's um, directed towards a team or a person working on a particular project for the promise of developing something uh, on developing deliverables and, and, and delivering a, a, a proposal after a certain period of mm -hmm. time. 
So the way the way it happens is anyone can also open a treasury spending proposal. And we have set a, some sort of like steps or general steps for people to understand how this works best, hmm. right? As it is a grants program, we have so to say a grants committee that it's the consul because again, the consul is the guardian of the treasury. And so what happens is a team will come and uh, and propose or submit a proposal. And along with this proposal, there will be a document, a grant proposal, so to say, that will specify what exactly is it that they want to do. Yeah. So the way it works is they will, as a first step, draft a proposal. And this proposal has a very simple structure and it, it, uh, it's it's um, composed by a problem because the, the team has identified a problem, a solution, and the mm-hmm. milestones to reach that solution, right? And then this proposal right. document also includes the reasoning behind the proposal, what they want to do, how they want to do it, for how long, and how much uh, funds from the treasury they are requesting. So each of the deliverables or the milestones need to have a, some sort of timeline and price tag in order for a console in the community to understand how the funds from treasury will be spent. As I said before, yeah. um, the treasury was originally created to fund public infrastructure, right? Uh, so infrastructure deployment yes. and continued operations, so to say. But as the networks evolve, then they, they, these categories have been expanded into others. So right now we have, for example, network security operations, ecosystem provisions, marketing activities, community events and outreach, software development, but also crossing applications development or um, in develop, uh, research and development. Like research um, is also a very important part of the technology that we build. And we want to make sure that the research team that is looking for new ways into implementing stuff have the funds necessary to do this. Right. And so this is one of the newest categories we have. So after they they present their proposal, after they draft their proposal, sorry, what we do is we have some sort of like off-chain phase, right? And this off-chain phase um, um, includes the publication on one of our forums, sometimes it's in bulk assembly, some other times it's in bright treasury. Uh, in, in mm-hmm. includes the publication of this document, in the, the publication of this proposal, so the community and the counselors can review it, evaluate it, give the feedback and ask, ask the questions that they, they think it's necessary to ask before the proposers mm-hmm. submit. And it's not it's not a coincidence that this actual discussion phase exists because when a proposer submits a treasury proposal to Kusama or Polkadot, in order to avoid spamming the network, the network mm-hmm. has what we call an anti-spam mechanism. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, this refers to a mechanism that when you submit a treasury proposal, you need to lock a certain amount of tokens that is proportional to the allocation that you are requesting from treasury. Right. On Kusama is cheaper than on Polkadot. On Polkadot at the moment is either 5% of the total allocation that you're requesting or 100 dots, mm. whatever is higher. Mm. However, on Kusama, and Kusama started like this, but um, via governance, because you can change this particular configuration via governance as well, the yeah. community voted to, um, to make it lower in some sense, right? Yep. And um, 
after this discussion phase is over and the team has incorporated all of the feedback and made all of the changes that they seem necessary in order to get this approved, then the team will submit a proposal bond the specific um, amount of tokens needed in order to, to, to submit the proposal. And then mm -hmm. a council member will pass this treasury proposal as a motion. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then on Kusama, you have four days. Council members have four days to vote on, on the proposal. And on Polkadot, it's seven days. Wow. If the treasury proposal is approved, then at the end of the spend period, uh, the beneficiary will receive the tokens and they can start the project. And if not, then it is rejected. And what happens is the, um, the, 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 the bond that they locked for the proposal submission gets slashed, right? So that's yeah. what happens there. But it's also important to take into account that a submission process for a treasury spending does not end there. After the deliverables are done, yeah. the team has committed to report back to council and make sure that all of the information with links and developments and the challenges and what's next in the roadmap is published for everyone to see as well if they want to continue with the development of their project. This happens for um, for the development of new projects, so, so um, ideas that do not exist yet. But mm -hmm. when these ideas already exist and they're working already and they're live, and we have, for example, the example of wallet integrations or wallet developments like Fearless or Nova wallets, you know, they are funded 100% by the treasury. Yeah. These teams need to continue maintaining the code. Sure. So we also have um, a special type, so to say, of spending uh, proposal, which is called recurring payment proposal or right. uh, maintenance proposals, right? And these proposals are um, allowed for teams who've already been um, funded by the treasury for their project mm -hmm. and they aim to give runway um, for these particular teams to cover the cost of maintenance of the code of servers and whatnot, or even to update the news or update the tutorials and educations because the, the networks keep changing. So it's a runway of three or six months each time that allows them to continue with their work. So their proposal does not get lost. Just to bring this home for our listeners here, because what you're all watching right now, the editor, this time to do the interview, all this was actually paid for by a spending proposal previously submitted to the Treasury. So for the first six months, we were making videos. They would get submitted as tips. Sometimes we would get a tip. Sometimes we would get absolutely nothing. But those were payments after the work was done. In this case, the spending proposals allow us to get a budget for work to be done in the future. And that's what you're watching right now. Exactly. And it was hard to convince you to submit your proposal. We had I, to talk a few times. I, I was addicted to the thrill of getting tips. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so we have this, um, this final one, bounties. I'm wrapping my head around bounties right now. Why don't you explain that to our audience? The bounties mechanism was so a way for, um, for console to try and answer some of the limitations that console members had when it comes to um, evaluate, review, and reward the spending proposals, right? Yeah. So the big question was, how do we scale up the work of console when we have a lot of treasury proposals around? We need to evaluate, review everything. How right. do we do it? How do we budget the treasury? Um, how do we do all of these things? It's a huge task. Yeah, indeed. So Emil, who is one of the founders of Polka Scan Foundation, which 
was the first block explorer on Kusama and Polkadot. He had the great idea of a bounties mechanism. Mm. When you think about a bounty, you're thinking about, you know, um, oh, someone found a bug on the code and then he gets rewarded or she gets rewarded for it, right? That's the first thing you think. Yeah. But actually, this is a bit different. What happens here is virtually what bounties mechanism allows us to do is to delegate the responsibilities of the console when it comes to treasury proposal mm-hmm. to a curator. Mm-hmm. And a curator is an expert in the scope of work of the proposal, right? So the process on how this works is the following. Someone can um, identify a scope of work that the treasury should be interested in funding. Mm-hmm. Let's call it, I don't know, education, right? Or Web3 education, so to say. Great, yeah. And then they prepare a proposal in the same way as a spending proposal. And uh, in this proposal, they will define the problem again, what the solution is, and what the scope of work of this proposal is supposed to be, and what is the allocation for this particular scope of work. So different categories, each category needs to be explained. So in education, you could have different type of categories for different people, depending their level, as well as different topics and so on, right? Sure. And so what happens is this scope of work or these categories uh, get a particular allocation from the treasury and then you have the total sum for the allocation. Then this bounty is proposed on the network and it is evaluated, reviewed and uh, ultimately approved by consuls, mm-hmm. by, by the consul and Kusama on Polkadot. But there is a second step to the whole thing. Once the bounty is approved, the next step is to elect a curator. Mm-hmm. So what happens is when the bounty is approved, you can have different people submit their applications to be a curator, mm. which is the expert in this particular scope of work. But technically speaking, it's an address on the networks in both Kusama or Polkadot. Yep. So it can, it, can be, it can be a regular address, but it can also be a multisig, for example. In, in that sense, you will have mini consoles uh, happening um, at the same time and managing different treasury funds, right? Right. When they submit these applications, what happens is the council will review the applications and eventually they will elect one address as the curator of this particular console. Right. Once it's elected, this curator or this group of curators, they will have full autonomy over how to spend the funds, this particular allocation from the treasury. Mm -hmm. These funds will never leave the treasury. They are earmarked in the treasury. They stay in the treasury locked to be used only by this bounty. And the curators will be the only ones having access to this particular bounty. Okay? Right. So once they start uh, the curation process, their job is to set up application process on how implementers can apply for these funds, what is the scope of work they're using, how they will evaluate and review proposals and whatnot. Uh And for those educators who require funds to develop an educational program on Kusama, for example, they go directly to these curators. They don't go to the console anymore. I see. And these bounties can live for years, right? And then bounties mechanism allows to um, fulfill its ultimate role, which is to budget the treasury, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it gets a bit more complex in this part, but follow me. <laughs> Bounties need a second palette to function properly. And this palette was added recently to Kusama and Polkadot, not so long ago, and this is called the Tal Bounties palette. 
right? Mm -hmm. So the bounties palette on its own, if a curator wants to close and reward a bounty, they will not be able to separate the allocation into different addresses right. for, to have different implementers. So what mm -hmm. Child Bounties Palette allows you to do is to use only a part of the total allocation to reward it for a work that has been done without having to close the bounty entirely. Yep. So in that sense, with the help of Child Bounties Palette, bounties can basically live forever budgeting the treasury on chain with this set of curators and the console or the community as well because you can also do it through a public proposal mm -hmm. uh, governance on the network has only uh, one right regarding bounties which is if there is malicious behavior from the curator then the community or governance itself can actually um um, slash the curator and cancel the curation role. So is the curator putting up a deposit in order to take control of these community funds? Correct. So what happens is when the council elects an address as a curator, the curator needs to sign a transaction in which this particular address accepts their role. Yeah. And when they sign this transaction, they bond a particular mm. amount of tokens in this address. Amazing. So, you know, let's say if one of our listeners is an expert in marketing, uh, they could set up a bounty to help the council manage the treasury as far as marketing goes. That's correct. And then you can also, uh, eventually you can top up these bounties. And mm -hmm. so, so if, if these curators have come to us and report back to us, to, to the console that they, they run out of funds because they did all of these projects and they've been successful and yeah. here are the deliverables, we can say like, okay, then, you know, let's, uh, let's renew this uh, particular service that you're giving. And the curator also um, receives a reward for its role, of course. This is, I guess, what the Treasury is here for. The Treasury is here to distribute to people who want to help build.sama. But I want to talk to you about this Governance 2.0 we've been hearing about, because you said a few minutes ago that the Council are the guardians of the Treasury. And what we've been hearing about in regards to this Governance 2.0 is that the Council is going to slowly dissolve and go away. So I wonder how you see this interaction between stakeholders and the treasury working out when those guardians are no longer with us. Actually, I'm very excited to uh, delegate the responsibilities of council when it comes to treasury <laughs> to the community, because I think the community always has such good feedback on treasury proposals. Yeah. The community knows um, what the community needs, you know, in terms of education, code development, marketing materials, tutorials, translations, um, events. And so I'm actually very excited about. So yeah, effectively what will happen is the council will be dissolved on governance 2.0 and also the, the, um, the management of treasury funds will go to the community, meaning that all treasury proposals, all bounties, all tips will be submitted in referenda. So they will become proposals to be voted by everyone. Right? Wow. Um, depending on the, so the idea, the proposal is that depending on the amount of, of funds that these teams are requesting, and if it's a tip or if it's a bounty or if it's a treasury spending, depending on the calls, there will be different thresholds and turnouts to approve this, right? So sure. it will not be the same, the amount of votes needed and the turnout needed to, to um, approve a proposal for 100,000 
Kusama tokens will not be the same <laughs> one as approving a proposal for 10 Kusama tokens. You know uh, what I mean? Yes, yeah. So okay. there will be different curves in order to do this, and different proposals will be able to be voted at the same time as well. Now, um, this is only the proposal that we've been working on with different teams. And of course, all of these changes for governance 2.0, mm -hmm. they need to be voted, uh, well, reviewed, discussed, and voted by the community with a runtime upgrade. Mm -hmm. And so you should expect um, a lot of material and articles and, and tutorials about how this new governance will work really soon so we can engage with the community and make sure that they understand uh, what they need to do. Uh, but at the same time, a, a big problem that we see right now in the current governance model is uh, sometimes very low turnouts yeah. when it comes to voting, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, delegation that you can already do now in Kustama and Polkadot, but it will also exist in governance 2.0, mm -hmm. delegation will become essential uh, for these particular things for people who are more passive when it comes to, to treasury spending proposals or when it comes to governance proposals and whatnot. So the, the delegation, the way we see it on the, on the governance 2.0 will allow the community to, to delegate votes um, with different convictions and to undelegate um, immediately, maybe sometimes for free in specific periods or to delegate for free in specific periods so they can share their voting power with others who are much more involved in these particular processes. What else can you tell us about how Governance 2.0 is going to look? Everything will be working on uh, on the community side of things. Mm. So whenever you have a runtime upgrade, whenever you have tips from Treasury, as, as we said, or whenever we have change in configurations, we'll have different curves in order to approve and, and, and to execute specific calls, right? Yeah. In terms of the, let's say, the processes to kind of like prepare and submit this type of proposals, I would assume or I would predict it will not change that much in the sense that there will be a preparation process, there will mm -hmm. be a discussion process and a submission mm -hmm. process, but the timing might might change, right? So you might have proposals that are up for vote for like, I don't know, 28 days instead of seven for a treasury proposal, for example. Mm -hmm. And if there is no real rejection on the treasury proposal, then it is approved. Or you will have, depending on the amount of turnout of thresholds, uh, proposals that take seven or 28 days might take shorter, shorter amount of times if the support is really um, big from the community and oh. so on. Yeah. Um, yeah, there will be, there will definitely be um, much more information coming up. I am working on some of the articles and then we have some other teams in the ecosystem working in, in other articles as well and in other uh, educational materials so, so the community can get informed about how this will work. We can't wait to turn them into videos. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so where does this leave uh, people like you, Raul, if your role in the council dissolves? How will your role in Polkadot and Kusama change, if at all? I think I can still contribute to the community a lot when it comes to preparation of proposals, not only on, tre on the treasury side, but on the governance side of things. As I told you, I don't predict that the process itself would change so much. Mm -hmm. Maybe the, the user experience will change and the way we vote will change. But teams that submit 
uh, treasury proposals or uh, runtime proposals or change of configurations in the network and whatnot, they need to still be accountable for what they submit. And so it's important that there is a big um, process uh, that allows transparency to the community on how this was prepared, yeah. to answer questions, to discuss this, uh, to submit, to help submit for those uh, who are experiencing Polkadot and Kusama for the first time, you know? <laughs> and so I see my role more on that side after Console Dissolves. I see my role, um, which is not really different from what I do now, yeah. to be honest, mm -hmm. um, because Still, these proposals need a lot of preparation. Uh, people have a lot of questions on how this works and what happens if, uh, if something goes wrong and what happens if uh, they don't accept or if they accept, where do I push the discussion, where do I ask questions, and all of these things are important for the community and a lot of people still don't know this. So I see my role in that, which, to be honest, it, I don't think it will change that much. I will just not be voting on the console. Amazing, Raul. Well, um, I'm wondering if you look out five or ten years, where do you see this all going? Five or ten years? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not sure where... where I'm, I'm hoping the community will grow. Yeah. I'm hoping um, we will see much more use cases. We will see... Um, a lot of interaction from the networks with the real world. I'm particularly excited by any use case that involves IoT for me. Uh -huh. uh, I don't know why. I just get super excited when I see this type of experiments. Like, like what? What? What catches your imagination? Like I remember. I remember a few weeks ago the guys uh -huh. from Robonomics. Um, <laughs> Uh, showed an experiment on Twitter in which they uh, they connected a coffee machine to the yeah. network. Yeah. You, I don't know if you saw this. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, so all of these things really excite me because there's so much potential because now it's a coffee shop, but I don't know, in yeah. 10 years, it's the entire bike network of a city. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, IoT is particularly interesting. But if I have to tell you, how do you see the Polkadot ecosystem in five to ten, or the Kusama ecosystem in five to ten years? Mm -hmm. um, I'm saying hopefully five or ten times bigger than what it is today. Yeah. But I don't know what to expect, and I think that's a good thing because we build tech stack that we still do not fully know the potential of and that's yeah. not such a bad thing you know okay so how about this i'd be curious you know if you had a young man or a woman let's say just getting out of high school and they've caught wind of what we're doing here at dotsama is there any advice you'd give them for getting involved and finding the places that they can help out yeah i would give them one piece of advice yeah which is it, it will sound very corny but i swear i've put it in practice and okay. it doesn't fail, do not be scared of asking questions. Mm. It does not matter how silly or dumb you think these questions are, they are not. Ask everything you can. Mm -hmm. If you have someone with the knowledge next to you that can uh, direct you to materials to learn, to read, to watch or to listen, go for it, read as much as you can, watch as much tutorial, as many tutorials as you can, but do not be scared to ask questions. That's the most important advice I could give, especially for, especially for non-technical people. No doubt, and it can be scary to ask those questions, but usually you're met with nothing but people who are excited to give you the answers that they have. Yes, 100%, and especially in the Otsama community. I think uh, 
yeah, we work really well in that sense. So I'm very happy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Raul, I, I want to thank you very much for coming onto the show and spending your time uh, talking about all this with us. Also, again, thank you for everything you do um, to direct the ecosystem and help people build and help people make their ideas and dreams become a reality. It's pretty incredible. And I really don't think the ecosystem could operate as efficiently as it does uh, without people like you. Um, so just thanks again, and I hope we can talk again soon. Yes, thank you so much for having me, and I hope to see you all soon.